Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment. My name is Phoebe Zikowski-Wallace and joining me from another studio this time is our in-house investment expert and CEO of The Property Mentors, Luke Harris. Welcome to episode 52, Luke. How are you? Hello, Phoebe. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. So as I said, today or this week's episode is number 52, which might not sound like a very special number, but it does mark the one year since we started the Investor Intelligence podcast. Luke, it's been quite a journey and happy birthday or happy anniversary to us, I guess. Yeah, I think happy, I think happy anniversary, I think, is appropriate for this one. And um, congratulations right. to you, Phoebe, for all of the uh, blood, sweat and tears that has gone into the Investor Intelligence podcast. And I know that for all of our listeners, Phoebe puts a huge amount of work in. Obviously, our episodes are, you know, uh, 20 or 30 minutes long most of the time. But um, behind the scenes, Phoebe does a huge amount of work editing mm-hmm. Uh, finding all of our guest speakers and putting the, the questions together and uh, to make this a success. So um, a big thank you and congratulations to you, Phoebe, for the effort that you've put in. And uh, I'm sure the uh, the feedback that we're getting from everybody that listens to uh, Investor Intelligence is fantastic. So that uh, hard work you've put in is definitely paying off. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And we've yeah, we've definitely covered so many topics in that time. We've had some incredible guests feature We've gained a fantastic group of regular listeners and then, of course, the the new ones every week. We've even had listeners get involved by submitting questions for our FAQ episode and really it's just been so much fun. So thank you for being a part of that as well. But to mark the anniversary of the podcast, I did want to do an episode that almost recaps uh, a lot of what we've talked about over the year uh, in the form of your top tips. Um, so as we head into the you know the last couple of months of the year and we've got Christmas and the new year is just around the corner now, it's a bit of a mixed bag of where people are this time of year. I know some people are starting to feel a bit burnt out and are kind of hanging out for the holidays to start. Um, others are starting to think about their goals for next year. What does this time of year mean for you, Luke? For me, it's a very busy time of year trying to get everything done before Christmas. A lot of people that, that we work with uh, like to leave things to the last minute. Mm. Uh, I think that's just the general general public. I think all of us do that and we do our Christmas shopping at the last minute and we do uh, a lot of things at the last minute trying to get everything done for this big holiday period that comes up at the end of every single year that we all know about, mm. yet uh, very few of us plan uh, for that properly. But uh, look, for me, this time of year is about helping our members to tick off the things that they wanted to achieve for the year and uh, really help people to set themselves up for a big 2023. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And so last week I asked you to give me your 12 top tips to which you so kindly provided them to me. And as I look down the list, it's 
they're really strong tips on their own. I think, you know, we could read these out just one after the other and they'd be really powerful. But I am going to ask you to explain them just a little bit more. Um, so there's 12 to get through. So shall we get started? Absolutely. Cool. So the first tip you gave me is short and sharp. It's just three words. Make a plan. Make a plan. And look, I think the key point on that is that your plans are going to keep changing over time. And this is a good time of year now, even though it's very busy and people have got a lot of running around to do before the Christmas break, make a plan for 2023 on the things that you actually want to do in 2023. Mm. What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? And put a plan in place. It doesn't have to be a perfect plan. It doesn't have to be 50 pages long, but put a plan in place uh, for the things that you want to do in 2023. Yeah, and it's a good time to do that now. I don't think you should always wait until the start of next year to do that. There's no better time than now, really. That's it. Thinking ahead is is never going to hurt. Yeah, exactly. So the second one is you've worded this a particular way. So it's create a budget. Well, that's the thing. Obviously, when we're going into Christmas time, it's very easy to spend more than you planned on spending. Mm. And that can be on, you know, you might be a sale on seafood and you stock up for seafood <laughs> and crayfish for Christmas Day. A lot of people do things like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of sales on that, uh, you know, chocolate bars and things like that that you'll see uh, at, the, at the shops where they've got discounts on things. And people easily uh, stock up to try and make Christmas special. And I understand the reasons for that. But especially going to Christmas, buying presents for people and all the other expenses that we have this time of year, set a budget write it down, make it tangible and stick to it. So there's two things that we're looking at here. Set yourself a budget for the Christmas period mm-hmm. and stick to it, but also set yourself a budget for 2023 and your more of your medium-term expenses and, you know, where are your rents going, where all of your pay is going, you know, all of your, uh, your pocket money that you give yourself, your investment money. Set that budget, plenty of tools online that you can use to do that and, uh, Try and stick to that. Be accountable to somebody. Yeah, I think writing it down and making it tangible makes a, makes a big difference. Even just making a spreadsheet so you've actually got something to look at as opposed to just having a number in your head. Why, why do you think it's more effective to have it written down and have it tangible than just have a number in your head? I think the reason is that a lot of people have you know, a bit of slippage in their bank accounts and money just disappears and they don't know where it goes. So when you're doing a budget, it actually forces you to sit down and think about where your money's going. And often the best time to do that is, you know, before you go into a spending period like Christmas time and spend an hour. It doesn't even need to be more than an hour. Pull up your bank statements, look at where your money's been going over the last six months Mm. and see if there's anything that's going out of your bank account that you could be saving money on. Oftentimes people have got subscriptions to things they may not be using anymore, things like that that you can cut off and just really be conscious of where your money's going so that you can be aware of it because if you're not aware of where it's going, then you can't really change anything. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a great one. So number three is set yourself a savings target. So it kind of goes off the back of the of number two, I guess. Absolutely. Look, I think the savings target really applies to a big ticket item and that might be a holiday or it might be a property purchase. Um, obviously, we're here to talk about property purchases and investments. Uh, but of course, making sure that you know how much you're going to need on a regular basis. Sometimes it's easier to save a small amount of money over a longer period of time so that you've got something to to account for. Um, $50 a week away in a savings account or even $20 a week or 100 whatever you can afford to, to put away without really noticing it means that it's going to build up over time. There are plenty of uh, high interest accounts, some 
uh, uh, banks are offering, you know, three to 4% uh, return on uh, special bonus savings accounts that you Mm. can get now on online savings accounts. But setting a savings target is really helpful for you this time of year so that when you are doing your budget, you can actually plan for some big ticket purchases. It may not be next year, it might be the year after. Whenever it is, if you're putting a small amount away, it means that you've got a savings target there that you can work towards. Yeah, and then there's a quote that I think we put on our socials recently and it's about, you know, your property journey starts when you start saving. It's not when you reach your savings target. Absolutely, and I think having that having that plan, even if it is a small amount, getting into that habit is going to be really helpful for you for that for that goal that you're looking to achieve. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So number four, I love this one. So when it comes to products, get the best price. And when it comes to services, get the best value. Please explain. I, I agree with you. I love that as well. For products uh, like our recent uh, podcasts and videos that we've done on this uh, being a tight ass is not a bad idea. This time of year, when you're looking at products, you're probably going to buy Christmas presents and you're going to buy things that you might need. Let's say you've been wanting to fix the the couch or something. You've got family coming. You want to fix the dining room table. You need some new chairs. Whatever it is, if you're going to, you know, barbecues are popular this time of year, Mm -hmm. look out for sales. If you're going to buy it, make sure you buy it for the best price you can. Um, Generally, towards the end of November, you've got the cyber cyber sales and you've got the Black Friday sales that, you know, it's big in the US, it's becoming big here in Australia as well. Mm. Look out for those sales. Sometimes you can get 30, 40, 50% discounts off off things that you're probably going to buy anyway. Um, We've got a thing in our family that we've started doing in the last couple of years is that uh, rather than buy presents, because we usually all shop at Meyer or David Jones or something like that, um, we've all realized that they have sales after Christmas and they're usually bigger sales than they have before Christmas. So we started to do uh, gift vouchers for Christmas uh, because we know roughly we've all sort of set family targets and say, let's not spend more than a hundred dollars or whatever the figure is um, just so that everybody can afford to, to do a gift. And then uh, we've been swapping gift vouchers so that people can go uh, and mum and dad now want gift vouchers because they don't have to spend it all at Christmas time. They can spend it through the year on things that they want as well. So look, when it comes to products, look out for sales, look out for discounts, uh, listen to our previous episodes where we mm. talk about being a tight ass because that's going to be, uh, there's a lot more tips in there. When it comes to services, you want the best value. So I wouldn't ask for a discount from my electrician, right, because they're right. probably going to cut some corners or do something that way. Yeah, we'll give you a discount, but the service might be lacking. Yeah. When you're looking for service like your accountant, your financial planner, yeah. you want to pay what you need to pay for the service and see if there's any extra value that they can add. And the value is getting advice on things that you may not have normally considered. Make sure that you're asking really good questions so that whoever's providing you that service can give you that best value. Yeah, that's I love that. And I think ever since we um, we did that tight ass video and the, the podcast, I've definitely noticed a change in the way that I say, like go grocery shopping. And I'm surprised at how much I save just from looking at something like the, you know, how much something is per 100 grams. It's actually amazing how much you save from doing that. Well, like we mentioned earlier, when we're talking about setting a savings target, let's say you're putting 20 or $50 a week away, imagine if you can save $20 or $50 a week on your regular grocery shop just mm. by being smart about how you buy. So money that you're already spending, and instead of it going to these big supermarkets, you're actually saving that money real you know, cold, hard cash that you can put into your actual savings account. Mm. And that's going to accelerate your savings goal even faster just by being smart and not having any wastage. Yeah. And I was surprised it actually doesn't take that much more effort. It's actually so easy to incorporate into your, into your shopping. 
Absolutely right. So number five, um, this one sounds like it has a bit of a story behind it. A business card and a laptop doesn't qualify someone to give you good advice. That's exactly right. And a lot of people don't even have the business card these days. <laughs> yeah. uh, they might have a, a Facebook page or something. But mm. <laughs> look, I think at the end of the day, your advice, especially when it comes to property and investing in general, you need to make sure that the people that you're working with have actually got the runs on the board. So if you're talking to somebody about buying in the stock market or whatever it might be, make sure that they're investing in the same things that they're recommending. If you're talking to a property advisor, make sure that they're buying in the same areas that they're talking to you about. Make sure that they are actually property investors. Very simple, but just because somebody does have a laptop and they've built themselves a Facebook profile and a website doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to give you good advice. Ask really good questions. Find out about how long the company's been operating for where they've been featured in what media articles, make sure that they've been uh, around a little bit and they've got some sort of track record and reputation. And that applies to accountants, financial planners, property advisors, even real estate agents. Mm. So just make sure that where you're getting your advice from is the right place for you and not just going to somebody because they're your sister's best friend's next door neighbour or something like that because it happens all too often um, and we've had bad experiences where people have used Property managers, for example, because it's their friends, their friends next door neighbour and they've used a property manager and it, it turns out to be a disaster because even though there was a, a some a very loose relationship there, they weren't the right people to be looking after that asset. So, mm. again, just making sure that you've got the right people on your team. Yeah, so convenience isn't always the best option. Correct. Mm-hmm. So number six is do your property research or have a team that can for you. So something that we, uh, I think we've said in just about every single episode we've recorded is the importance of having a team of experts around you. But what do you mean by by this tip? So doing property research, look, this is one of the things that we focus heavily on here at the Property Mentors. A lot of investors are out there in the marketplace and they might buy a property every three years or every four years, maybe every five years. Even if you're super active in the property market and you're buying a property every one or two years, that's not enough to be in the market every day. Now, when we're out there in the market, because we've got hundreds and hundreds of members, we're out there in the marketplace every day, scouring the markets across the whole country, looking for the best opportunities. Because we're active in the market, we're constantly doing research Mm. on the areas that are going to be good investments. What that means is that we never step out of that space. So doing that research is critical to success. And when you're going out there in the marketplace, even if you're buying a property every one or two years, generally you'll dive into the market, do some research, you'll come back out of that and you'll go back to doing what you were doing before, living your life, which is which is fine. Mm. But for us, we're in the market every day. So when we're talking about having a team of people that can help you, essentially at the Property Mentors, we specialise in doing research on the best areas for investing because we're investors ourselves. Yeah. We're in the market for ourselves, but also we share that with our members to make sure that people can get the best results. And of course, doing research, there's a lot of different points to consider. Not only do we need to look at the property itself, we also need to look at how that property fits in with your overall plan. Mm. Going back to point one, what is the plan? And then when we're looking at this particular point, how does that property fit in with the budget and fit in with that long-term plan? Yeah, yeah. And having the right tools to do that as well is really important. And also not just having the tools, but knowing how to use them. Exactly. There's a lot of different research points, a lot of different data sources that you can lead on. And some of that data is, is out of date the minute it's put out. And Mm. some of that data is not even relevant 
uh, for your investing success. So it's knowing how to critically analyse that information, apply it to your own situation, and then, of course, weight that information accordingly. Some information, yes, it's important, but it's not the most important thing. So doing research is all about understanding how that research ties into the long-term plan. So there's Mm. a lot of things to consider when it comes to research. Where should you look for for investment properties? The web? The newspaper? What if we told you some of the best investments never even made it to the public? The Property Mentors have exclusive access to a number of excellent off-market opportunities right around Australia. Don't miss out on the right property for your portfolio. Visit thepropertymentors.com.au today. So number seven, again, this one sounds like it's got a bit of a story attached to it, is read the fine print or have a conveyancer that you can trust. Absolutely. When it comes to any property, any contract that you're going to be signing, read the fine print, make sure that you understand what you're signing. For most people, when they get presented with a property contract, they will have a look at it, skim through the pages and go, this looks like a whole bunch of stuff that I don't understand. And that can be true to a certain extent because there is a lot of documents in a property contract that maybe aren't that relevant, but Mm. they need to be in there from a legal and compliance perspective. That's why you need to have a conveyancer or a lawyer there that can review the contracts for you and really understand it because they'll know straight away which parts of the contract they need to be looking out for. You can sit there and read a one or 200 page contract yourself. um, But of course, when it comes to property, every property is different and there's different things in there that need to be looked out for. So This is why when we're working with our members, we always refer our members to a conveyancer or a lawyer to review the contracts. And of course, making sure that that uh, company has experience in that field. So if we're talking about an off-the-plan property, we need to make sure that they're a specialist in that field. And of course, that they're qualified to give advice in that state. So if it's Mm. a Queensland property, you need a Queensland lawyer or conveyancer. If it's a Victorian or a New South Wales property, you'll need a conveyancer in that state that can review that contract for you. Um, when we're, similar to when we're talking about research, a conveyancer or a lawyer, that's what they do all day, every day. Yeah. So this is why we make sure that our members understand a property contract, understand settlement terms and finance clauses. All of these things need to be in there. And of course, that fine print is super critical. Sometimes there can be some minor changes to protect your interests and we make sure they're included before any signing is done. Yeah. And if you have a good conveyancer, they want you to be across it just as much as they are. So they're happy to to break things down for you so that you are across it. Absolutely. And they're insured as well. So, you know, if they give if they give advice and it puts you in a in a predicament or in a in a you know a bad situation, then of course they've got insurance that you can lean on yeah. for that. So they're not going to uh, breach their insurance or their obligations to you. So they're going to make sure that they have read that contract and they understand it. Yeah, exactly. So number eight, when it comes to your rental property, understand your target market. What do you mean by this? Well, technically, when it comes to your rental property, hopefully you understand your target market before you buy the property so that you can make sure that you understand who's in the area. Is it a student area? Is it a transient population in a tourism area? Is it a family? Is it young professionals? But understanding that before you go into that particular purchase makes a huge difference. If you've already got the property, then of course, that's a conversation to have with your property manager to know how you can market and advertise the property. Now, not all property managers have that skill. Mm -hmm. So making sure that you question your property manager on how they're going to advertise that property 
and what market it's going to appeal to so that you can get the best outcome. Just be mindful that a property manager, just having the title doesn't necessarily qualify them to to give you the best outcome. So make sure you ask your property manager about the type of target market that will be attracted and also make sure that you read the ad copy that they write. When they write an ad for your property and they post it on one of the, the, the property websites, you should read that and make sure that it appeals to you as well and make sure that it does appeal to that target market that's ultimately going to be Uh, renting the property if you don't like the ad that they've written ask them about it and maybe it can be rewritten a better way to attract that target market Mm, okay no that's a really good one so number nine this is probably one of my favorites and will continue to be one of my favorites um but it's understand that being ready to invest is emotional educational and financial we talk about this a lot and uh, making sure that you understand there's three different stages of readiness the thing to keep in mind as well is that you'll never be a 10 out of 10. But yeah. Being being aware of these things is important because if you say to yourself, uh, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how am I on, on, a, on an emotional readiness level? Uh, if I'm 10 out of 10, I'm aware of my goals, I know how I'm going to achieve them, and I know that I'm committed to taking on the risk, which is often taking on debt, uh, to, to go out there and take on a loan, take on that risk to go out there. And I'm comfortable with that because I understand the reasons why. Um, Educational readiness, of course, means understanding the market, understanding your financial situation, understanding how you've structured the property and how you're going to be buying it, understanding that, yes, I've got to take some risk on to invest, but I'm educated enough to understand that. So the educational readiness, you might come in as a three or a four. A lot of our members, once they've been through our mentoring process and they've gone through our learning centre, they'll come out of that at a seven, eight or a nine. Mm. But then the funny thing with education is the more you learn, the more you realise you don't know. And yeah. that's the, the, the beautiful part about investing is that you're always learning and you'll never know it at all. I've been learning for over 22 years now and I'm still learning. Yeah. And uh, that's the, the fun thing with investing in education is you'll never know it all. Mm. Um, and the last one, of course, is your financial readiness. And that doesn't just mean having money to invest. It also means having your deposits, understanding your purchasing power or also known as your borrowing capacity and also understanding your your debt structuring, how you've actually planned to take on your debt, but also how you're going to continue to grow your portfolio. So that financial readiness is, is critical before you go out there in the marketplace. So understanding emotional, educational and financial readiness is one of the key fundamentals before you go out there in the marketplace and make your next investment. Yeah, and how if one doesn't quite, if one's not quite up to scratch, the others don't quite work. I, it's just, it's so fascinating to see how all three of them really complement each other and how they can really elevate someone's uh, readiness in just in general to invest. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Yeah. Well, look, you don't have to be a 10 out of 10. So emotional no. readiness, you might be a six. Educational, you might be a seven. And a financial, you might be a nine. Mm. But the thing to know is that once you're aware of these things, then you can say emotionally, I'm not quite there yet. Mm. And then we can drill into that and find out, okay, well, what's holding you back? What are you worried about? I'm worried about interest rates. Well, that's an education thing. Let's get some more education on understanding the education around interest rates. And then we look at the financial and we go, how does the interest rate affect things? So we're looking at the the other two components to help with the emotional side of it. And then when, when you're comfortable, then you can go out there in the marketplace. But we often slow people down a little bit before they mm. go out there and invest and make sure that they are 
aware of their emotional, educational and financial readiness. Yeah, yeah, you'll never be a 10 because things keep changing all the bloody time as well. So <laughs> that alone. Yeah, exactly right. That's life. <laughs> so number 10 is success takes sacrifice, dedication and commitment. I could talk to this one for hours, right? <laughs> but when it comes to success in, in anything, right, whether you want to be a bodybuilder, whether you want to invest in property or invest in anything, um, the sacrifice and dedication and commitment is is fundamental to your success. If you want to be an Olympic athlete, you are going to be committing a huge amount of time and energy to that particular outcome. Mm. If you want to be the high school champion, maybe you won't have to invest as much time and energy into doing that and to get that outcome. So investing is no different. If you want a small result, you probably only have to invest a small amount of time and energy. If you want a big result, the energy level and the commitment changes. So if you want to be the most successful, you are going to have to make sacrifices. There's no two ways about it. You are going to have to make some sacrifices. They can mean financial sacrifices. Maybe that means you've got to cut back on some things. Um, maybe that means you've got to invest a little bit of time going through our learning centre and really getting that education that you need, having mentoring phone calls and really going through that process. That's going to take up time. It could be watching Netflix or going down the beach or hanging out with your friends down the pub, right? But at the end of the day, success does take these things. It doesn't happen overnight and it certainly doesn't happen without the dedication and commitment. It's not something you can do for six months, go and buy two properties and hope it all works out. Yeah. The reality is, is that successful investing takes time and there's no get rich quick pathway to riches that's going to work. Uh, you know, a lot of people assume that it is, but long-term investing, you need that dedication and commitment. That doesn't mean it's hard. Uh, it can be difficult at times, but it doesn't mean it's hard and it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice everything. You don't have to eat two-minute noodles for mm. the next 20 <laughs> years. You don't have to scrimp on everything that you do, but you do need to be committed to that long-term goal and the rewards are there at the other end. Yeah. And this is the thing is that the more you understand about the concepts of of um, thinking big and focusing on these long-term goals, the, the success is in the journey itself. And a lot of people think that there is another end and I, I did just mention the other end, but, you know, the journey itself is half the fun. Yeah, And knowing that you can tick off goals along the way as you've reset your goals bigger and bigger, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, But you've got to be committed to that outcome and really you've got to be committed to the life that you want to live. And that happens over time. That doesn't happen overnight. Mm. So, you know, my suggestion for anybody on the call, this is probably one of my favorites on, on this list, is that success is such a rewarding thing and it's different for everybody, but the success is actually having achieved certain goals along the way. And the fact that you can reset your goals and keep going and keep setting your goals bigger and bigger and helping more people along the way, that really for me is is a reason to get up and do it and be committed to that and be dedicated to that outcome. Yeah, I think that one really speaks for itself. And it's nice to be reminded every now and then that the growth that happens whilst trying to achieve that goal is a lot of the success for sure. Absolutely. So we're almost at the end. So number 11 is just because you're on a certain path does not mean you have to stay on it. I think this is another really, yeah, a great one to <laughs> remind people of. Yeah, look, this this applies to a lot of different things. In a situation where somebody's been out there and they've had a really bad bad run with finances, they might have lost their job, they've got some credit card debt and you know they're, they're just wondering when and how they're going to get back on top of things. 
that that applies exactly that way. Just because you're on that path doesn't mean you have to stay on that way. If you're sitting and listening to this call and you're thinking, I'd love to invest, but I've just got I've got so much debt I need to pay off. I've got you know maybe hex debt. I've got a credit card. I've got all my money that I work for goes out the door on rent. The reality is is that it doesn't have to stay that way. And mm-hmm. I know that rolls off the tongue and it sounds like it's it's a very straightforward and easy thing to say, but it doesn't mean you have to stay on that path. There are things that you can do and steps that you can take, and it might not mean you know that there's an easy pathway out of that, but it doesn't mean you have to stay on that pathway. Mm. Go and research things about, find out about how you can make extra money, increase your education, sell some things that you don't need anymore. Find a way because if if the the desire is strong enough to get out of that situation that you're in, you'll find a way. Mm. There's plenty of success stories out there that you can probably find on YouTube or on the internet where people have gone from rags to riches and other people have done it. It doesn't mean that you can't um, can't in follow in their footsteps and do the same. Now, there's a lot of people that have other situations that, that is going to take some time, but it doesn't mean that you can't get out of the situation or get, a, get away from the pathway that you're on right now. So if you've been bad with money for the last 10 or 20 years, fix it, learn about it, ask questions, get that education and learn about it so you don't stay on that path. No one's going to do it for you. But if you take steps to get out of the situation and the pathway that you're on right now, it may not happen overnight, but you can make those changes a little bit at a time. It might take a year or two years or five years, but you can change the pathway that you're on and that's mm. your choice. Do you think this tip can kind of go the other way as well? Like if you think you're on a path that you think is suitable for you at the time, but it sort of turns out it might not be halfway through do you think it lends itself in the sense of sometimes you've got to switch things up, sometimes you have to take a left turn as opposed to a right turn because it turns out that's the better option for you? Absolutely. I come to mind people that have been through marriages and divorces. You know, that's a perfect example. You get halfway through a marriage and realise that's not right for you. Mm. That happens. It's probably not the best example I could have used there, but it, it does It does happen, right? I think it's a pretty um, good example, actually. Yeah. It, it's, it's, that's the way. You know, sometimes people just realise this is not working for me and I need to make some changes because... No one's going to do it for you. But look, I think the the end of the day, you've got the power to control your own destiny. And regardless of what situation you're in, you can change it. And, you know, it might turn that you've turn out that you've made a, a decision six or 12 months after the fact. You you look back and go, why didn't I make that decision sooner? You know, and, and this is the reality is that we've only got one chance at this life. I keep saying this on our on our calls and in, in the, the interviews that I do is you know, you only get one chance, right? You can always make money, but you can't get the time back, mm. right? So don't wait till next week. Don't wait till next month or next year. Don't wait till tomorrow. Get started now. Whatever it is, whether it's goal setting, starting your investment journey, starting a savings plan, getting out of debt, whatever it is, start now and really put some steps in place to do that because no one's going to do it for you. Mm. You can always make money, but you can't get the time back. Well, Luke, that segues perfectly into our last tip, which is something I've heard hundreds of times and I smile every time I hear it. I just think it's so good. But tip number 12 is the best time to start investing was yesterday. The second best time is today. Well, I'd probably argue that is a good a good tip. The best time was probably 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the second best time was yesterday and, yeah. you know, the third best time is today. But the reality is, is that, you know, the sooner you start, the better. 
And, yeah. you know, the best uh, best time to start investing, like we mentioned earlier, you know, in, in point three was setting a savings target. As soon as you put that first 50 or $100 into that savings account, you've started your investing journey. Yeah. Now, it might only seem like baby steps and it might take quite some time to get a sizable amount of money there, but lock it away, keep adding to it, get in the habit and get started. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that, you know, the people that take steps to do that, people that listen to this call and start investing, open up a savings account, start putting some money in it, set it up so that it comes out of your pay every week and goes into that account, they're, they're going to be the most successful people. Yeah. And it's learning these habits and getting out there and taking some action because the reality is unless you take action to invest and to educate yourself on investing and educate yourself on the risk profiles and understanding the different things that are out there when it comes to you know and investing in the stock market, cryptocurrencies, property, developments, mm-hmm. renovations, whatever strategy you choose, the ones that are educating themselves and learning about this stuff and taking action they're the ones that are going to be successful. Well, Luke, thank you so much for that. I'm, God, I'm feeling inspired. And I think as we head into the last leg of the year, these are really solid tips for people to start thinking about now, you know, so they can start implementing them as soon as possible. As I said before, I'm a big believer that you shouldn't just wait for the start of next year. I know it's, it feels like a nice sort of fresh start, but you shouldn't wait to the start of next year to work towards any goals. You just should start now. There's really no better time than now. These tips are also going to be included in this week's blog so that anyone who is subscribed can print them out and they can put them somewhere that they're going to see them often to remind themselves. Maybe they can put it next to the uh, you know budget spreadsheet that they're definitely going to be making after this. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and you need a bit of accountability. You need to have something, even if it's a picture on the fridge of the goals that you're looking to achieve, putting your budget on the fridge, putting on the bathroom mirror. If you don't yeah. want it displayed publicly, put it in your in your ensuite bathroom mm. so that you can see it every day and be reminded. You know, little things that you can do like that to really change the habits that you're in. I think that makes a big difference. It really does. Yeah, if you know anyone who might enjoy this episode or any of our episodes, please link them with your networks. Um, but as always, Luke, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom as usual. And here's to the next 52 episodes. That's it. And, and beyond. Thanks. And beyond, of course. <laughs> if you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you are ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au.